Moto One Podcast Network. You're listening to Creative Writing, the motorcycle podcast so bad we received an ASBO in Wales. We've been voted best motorcycle podcast five times by David Caruso impersonators across the globe. Check us out on patreon.com forward slash creative writing to find out how you can support the show. All right. With no further ado, let's get into this week's topics, this week's shows, this week's arresting conversations. Oh, hell, I'm out of here. Who am I fooling? Hi, everybody. It's Junkie Turdman here. I'm not fooling anyone. Ow. Damn, that hurt. Oh. Oh, boy, that hurt. I just uh, clacked my headphones on my ears. I bet you do that every single time you start to listen to the show. And why? Because we are the crampiest show on the internerds. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 276. I'm not going to pretend and, uh, you know, fool around this time and give you the what for. uh, Because there's just too much going on, right? In this episode, we're going to have a guest on this episode, so stick around and listen for that. If you'd like to hear me clap my hands together to make my point, I will do it right now. You need to stick around for this uh, this week's guest and uh, this week's show. This is something that they uh, will never, ever talk about on their uh, show. Maybe it, maybe they have a show, maybe they don't. Um, listen, we do have a disclaimer. Haven't said it in a bit. Here you go. If you're new to the show, the views and opinions of the uh, Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast are those of the participants. They don't reflect the policy, the positions, or the opinions of the Creative Writing Moto One Podcast Network, any of our affiliates, our sister stations, our sister networks, our sister shows, uh, which includes Weekly Wiggins, which I've been trying to get Weekly Wiggins back up and running, guys. Wiggins is saying, I don't know what to talk about. It's like, dude, you're working on so much stuff. Weekly Wiggins is probably could be daily Wiggins. So, uh, weekly Wiggins, um, Moto Twins, which also we're trying to get back into production, the Nokomoto show, Wheel Spin with Sucker Tanner, uh, and a bunch of other sh- secret shows that I can't even tell you about right now, but, uh, mo- they're on Moto One private network. Uh, and so anyways, uh, not, not another squirrel hole this early in the show. Let's go get back out of this rabbit mound and uh, just say any opinion is a respect of participants and is not intended to malign anyone or anything, even. What's the worst bike I could think of this week? The worst bike out there, probably for sale as of today, is the uh, the one that you don't own. So if you don't own a motorcycle, if you're a cager, Hey, we don't want to uh, we don't want to malign or offend you, but stick around. You might learn something. Listen, folks, uh, I got a question. We got a couple things coming up on this week's show that we're going to mention, and uh, I'll see if I can dig up a few emails uh, beforehand. But it was uh, Father's Day weekend this weekend. I hope all the the dads out there, whether you're a one dad or two dad family, uh, fuck a space alien because I don't care. I don't know if space aliens even have sexes, but you know a lot of people have been bugging me about space aliens lately, and I hate them because I just I'm, if you got to hate something, hate a space alien, right? Um, and uh, it was also Juneteenth. It's also Pride Month. It's also you know a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, if you if you want to uh, you know know what junk was up to this this weekend, drank some beers, played around with the kids. I just hope everybody had as uh, a good of a Father's Day as I did, 
And um, if you're a father, <laughs> I was thinking about this. This is a shower thought. If you're a father, you know when you insult people all the time, isn't every father a motherfucker? I don't know. Maybe maybe you're you know maybe it's a dad, a two dad family, and you're not, and so you have an adopted kid or a don donated kid, whatever it is. But I guess maybe not. Maybe that's a stupid joke. Anyway, uh, let me whip out here. Uh, I'm just gonna give you a piece of brilliant, brilliant uh, American literature. Um, that is uh, called 101 Dad dad jokes so bad they're good and uh i'm gonna read you two of them since today was father's day i named my new phone the titanic so whenever i plug it in the titanic is sinking (laughs) now that joke only works you can't go back 20 years and say that joke because smartphones weren't around 20 years ago and uh you used to have you know rotary and 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 dial up phones that hang down the wall or, or sat on your coffee table they were really weird so some of you had that 25 foot cord so you could go outside and talk and like your kids or your parents couldn't hear you all right uh <laughs> this is a good one too this this is for me dad have you heard this new restaurant called karma yep there's no menu you just get what you deserve <laughs> All right, it's really late at night. I probably shouldn't be cackling like a, like an old witch. Uh, let's get into this week's show, shall we? And let me start off by saying, uh, listen, th- this week's show was brought on. The whole impetus for this week's show was brought on by uh, maybe an upcoming history hole. I don't know. But I, I was at work uh, months ago. This is months and months ago. And I was always, uh, you know, for, for me, I always look at, at part numbers and stuff like that. And I noticed that um, a Suzuki had this particular fender screw. I'll give you the part number. Um, it is 09139-06190. You can look it up. Maybe it's on, maybe if you have a Suzuki, that, that part number is holding your uh, fender on. I, I didn't bother. I can't, couldn't be bothered to look up uh, and see where, what the hell fender that came on that I found it. But I was looking it up and I was like, huh, it's a screw, huh? Fender screw. Only now it's not a fender screw. Now, if you go, well, if I go to Suzuki and look up this part number in their little matrix, it's called a bolt. However, I have screenshots of this and I have an old microfiche uh with this part number, calling it a screw, and now they're calling it a bolt. And this is something sometimes my coworkers and I are, uh, discuss a lot and talk about, and uh, it's very interesting <laughs> if you want to hear the water cooler talk around junkies place work. What is a screw? What is a bolt? What uh, you know? What det- what determines the two? And nuts are easy, bushings are easy, collars are easy, grommets. Not a lot of people understand what a grommet is, but you know, they, uh, they're cushions or dampers or blah, blah, blah. And I hate when people say dampener, that is something, a dampener dampens something. So it gets something moist. If it's a damper, it damps vibrations, a vibration damper, a dampener. Again, I think I've said this on other shows, so I'm not going to go down a rabbit hole, but anyway, uh, I will go down a rabbit hole for the Suzuki, uh, fender screw.
0-9-1-3-9-0-6-1-9-0 used to be a screw, and now it's a bolt. So on this week's show, we're going to discuss what all that means. What the hell is a screw? What the hell is a bolt? Let's get into the nitty grits and nuts and bolts, shall we? Uh, before we do that, let's talk about some upcoming events. Everybody, I hope your summer has been jam-packed with writing. Uh, it has been wonderful weather around here. Not too hot yet, but uh, as I say that, probably next week it's going to be 8 trillion degrees. Um, but yeah, it's been awesome. And uh, hopefully it, it is where you are as well. Hope I've seen some pretty gnarly things from flooding to hurricanes to uh, crazy heat waves. So I hope you're not where any of that crap is. Um, if you are... <laughs> please enjoy the following uh june 24th and this is all usa i don't have any uh international stuff right now but um hey erzberg did just happen this weekend and um isla man tt just finished a couple weekends ago as well as pike peak hill climb so those are all past events why am i talking about them well if you listen to donuts uh donut media their great uh, youtube channel they have a show called past gas they literally just did a couple episodes on pike's peak and uh i think they did the isla man as well um but yeah the isla man just finished up as well as pike's peak and uh i think erzberg was this weekend three fabulous races that uh test the limits of two wheels not pike's peak anymore but um that's all right one day i think one day we'll be back at pike's peak and the only reason i say that is because motorcycles are too dangerous because they were getting faster and faster and faster and there's no way to make them not faster except for the race maybe scooters or e-scooters up there even e-motorcycles are a little too fast for uh, a lot of the hills and if you ever got to see the project 56 race around there why are all those noises in my garage do i have bats in here what the hell anyways all right yep i do so a few bats flying around it's not even halloween time yet anyways um yeah so racing scooters or little e e-scooters you know i'm thinking like this could be we can return two wheels to uh, to Pikes Peaks, guys. We can do this. But anyways, so coming up this weekend, June 4th, like I said, Motoblot happening in Chicago, Illinois. June 24th and 25th is the Born Free 13 happening in its usual spot, Santiago Canyon down in Silverado, California. Just um, on the uh, canyon side over there by the old... Uh, I don't know how to describe where Silverado is. Uh, June 26th, the SoCal Cycle Swap Meet. Huge. Uh, I don't know how long uh, this event's been going on for, but it's always a banger, and it always happens down at the uh, Veterans Stadium down there in Long Beach. July 10th, the Vintage OC Bike Meet is going to be happening at Castaneda's Mexican Restaurant down there in Huntington Beach, where they're always at, and they have... Uh, have had more and more people coming out. So hopefully July will be a good month for that Well, as well. We met them a, f- a few, couple of few years ago now um, at uh, the Lion Air Museum when they were doing bikes and bombers. And yeah, they're always bringing some really fabulous restored bikes out there. So that's really, uh, really fun. Check out 
Uh, July 23rd, Hell on Wheels is going to have night racing at Glen Helen Raceway. And thank you for producing the 2022 uh, Hell on Wheels uh, calendar. It is uh, probably for sale half half off right now because it's halfway through the year. And July 30th, Motorcycle Art Show is happening at Prohibition Brewing in Vista, California. We went to this a f- couple few years ago again. Uh this was uh, Rick James. He used to have American Motorhead. Well, I think he still has American Motorhead. And uh, I forget what his other um, couple companies that he was doing was. But, uh, yeah, motorcycle-related art. There's going to be music raffles, giveaways, all that fun stuff. So, yeah, check it out. July 30th at the uh, Prohibition Brewing in Vista. And with no further ado... I would like to remind you that uh, our Patreons, our lovely, lovely Patreons, are bringing you this week's show. If you'd like to learn more, head over to patreon.com forward slash creative writing. And as always, uh, leave us a message at the creative writing podcast at gmail.com. Or if you have a story that you want to enter into Solstice Slam, which is July 1st, uh, slam at creative dash writing.com and uh yeah we're getting close on the social slam stuff and we have not had any new um uh, submissions so please if you got them get them in asap tell a friend if you're not going to do one tell a friend hey man this guy's this guy's fiending for some uh, social slam submissions this year trying to get it back on track after the last couple of years of having kind of a hiatus so let them know joe all right let's get into this week's show bro <laughs> don't you know Welcome back to Creative Writing. Um, after the break, we have with us in studio today, virtually, of course, because um, we're we're I don't know we're there, there's too much of us to be in the same town together. Uh, we we're not allowed to record in the same city. Uh, imagine that. Uh, I have on the horn with us tonight Liza Miller from the Motorcycles and Misfits Recycle Garage podcast out of Santa Cruz, where it's always sunny. Um, always sunny. Always sunny, and. She is busy. Um, you can tell us what you've been up to here in a sec, but I'm just going to say I was surprised that you even had time to sit down and, and uh, you know, flap, flap gums with, with me because I know your schedule is, is crazy right now. But uh, what have you been up to lately? Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, well, last week I was uh, a guest at Americade in upstate New York. Yeah, that, that was, was an pretty awesome cool. Show. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. And it sounds like you... I'm with you. I it sounds like you saw a lot of larpers, but you kind of had to like dig yourself out of that larper hole that you were talking about. <laughs> I, I, I did. I, I I'm so used to seeing um, people who are dressing up in the Harley gear. You know, when I see like the fingerless gloves and the fake helmets, you know, and and the patches, and and I'm like, ah, they're they're, you know, not real gear. 
I tend to go like, ugh, they're just dressing up. Like they're just playing dress up. Yeah. But then I realized, oh, they're dressing up like some legit serious bikers. And that's who are the type of people go to AmeriCade. Right. Like, yes, they dress like that, but they're, they're the real deal. They yeah. ride. They, I mean, yeah. And so it was interesting to see the real thing, not the, the copy. Right. It's almost like going to a Ren fair, and then you were actually teleported back in time to a, a medieval castle where the actual <laughs> dress originated and the people that, that do that sort of stuff. No, that's well, a great show. I, I don't know what uh, episode it is, but it's your your latest one. You got a yak with um, Alonzo Bowden, who's... Um, I'm, I'm always kicking him off. He's always asking to be on here. And I'm always like, no, nobody. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, but that was a great show. Um, and, and on oh, top wait, of can that... I add, can I add to that? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. But the thing, too, that... And Alonzo, he he schooled me and he reminded me, too. <clears throat> not to call people, you know, real bikers or legit bikers. And the thing I'm reminded of is that everybody, they feel they feel a certain way when they, they put on the clothes and get on their bikes and maybe they're just, you know, riding to Starbucks on Sundays and hanging out with, with their friends. And maybe they're, you know, riding cross country and, and attending events and, and, you know, and members of a club, but we all do it kind of for the same reason. And I guess what I'm, I'm reminded of is just because somebody, you know, can ride longer distance or ride faster or ride harder doesn't necessarily, um, you know, legitimize them any more than the people who it makes them feel good. And I don't want to take that right. away from them. Right. Yes. I have more respect for the people who ride to an event, not trailer to event. Those are more my people, but I don't want to take away from the others that it, it, it gives them something in their life that they need and it makes them feel good. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. And at my advanced age, uh, getting out and ride, I, I ride less than someone in Wisconsin who only has about a three-week ride window between winter and, and winter again. So <laughs> I, I know how that goes. I feel good just to get out on two wheels sometimes. Um, you've been busy. You've been doing that. I, I believe you just got back from, well, you weren't in... Uh, Afghanistan this year. Were you, or no, I'm sorry, Pakistan this year. Were you? Were you? I am going again in September. Okay, so you're getting ready to go, right? Getting ready. Actually, I just got approved for my visa today. Nice. Yeah, I'm going back, and then one of my guys, Stumpy John, he's there right now. Yeah. I'm doing this the same tour, and just it's so great to see him posting all the pictures of all these places that I take uh, women to on my tours, and knowing like the experience that all the guys on the tour are having. Yeah. So that's really, uh, I'm proud of all of them and, and, uh, the adventure they're on. Nice. And I, I was sort of up in your area just a little, a few <laughs> weeks ago, and I'm sorry I didn't stop by. I see that Naked Jim's down here all the time and he never stops by. It's just one of those things <laughs> when you got a limited window, you kind of have to deal with what you're dealing with it. But I haven't seen you for a couple years now and I'm aching to get back up there. So um, I might yeah. put on a disguise and show up at the garage one day. Nobody well, knows me but you. So. We're, we we keep talking about we need to come back down to Southern California. And I've got a lot of contacts there that I want to come see and interviews to do. And we just got to find the time. Yeah. 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 I know. It's one thing that uh, is 
seems like it's becoming less and less uh, <laughs> in supply. So well, it's kind of crazy. I will give you a date that hopefully I could see you on. Sure. Uh, December 3rd. Uh, I should be alive then still, so hopefully. <laughs> okay, then you need to get yourself up here for our uh-huh. 500th episode party. Oh, sick. That, yeah. That will be, that'll be a fun ride. It won't be, since it's California, it won't be freezing cold in December, nope. so maybe I could make it, yeah. Yeah, Where's we're going to have a ride, and the party is at the Moto Talbot Museum up in Carmel oh, Valley. Sick. And we're already working on some pretty cool test rides and some guests and some, you know, stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's 500th episode for any podcast is a big deal. So I kind yeah. of feel like I want to have all the other, you know, all my other podcaster friends to celebrate that, like, cause we all kind of been on this journey together. I kind of feel yeah. like it's for all of us, you know? Right. And I, I'm not even, I quit doing this every week, but I'm not even at 300 yet. And 500, that's, and I've been doing this. And when I look back at my account, it says six years. So how long have you, how long has the show been running now? Uh, nine years, I think. 2013. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. 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 Back when there was only five motorcycle podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Now there's five on every screen that you scroll through. I know. So yeah. Hey, I didn't bring you on tonight's show. To, uh, to, I, I love catching up with you and I love, uh, talk about what's going on and Hey, we'll, we can, uh, I'd love to have you guys back on before the, the 500th just to, so everybody knows who they're, who they're mi- going to miss out on if they are not able to make it. But <laughs> I did want you, uh, this show is creative writing and we're always looking at things from a creative point of view and we tend to have experts on this show. And the yeah. whole reason I have you on is because I wanted to get down to the nuts and bolts of the nuts and bolts. And my dog actually, I don't know if you really can hear that. Wants she wants to also. She wants you to get down to it too. And I was thinking about this. This is something that I've seen on Reddit come up before. Uh, people that don't know uh, a bolt from a screw. I, I and, and I work in a, in a repair setting and, mm-hmm. and it's important to get that nomenclature right. You know, what's, what is a bolt versus a screw versus a clip versus a rivet? You know, all this sort of uh, things that, that I have to deal with. Um, and you are actually an expert in this field. You have, um, you have the nomenclature and the knowledge, probably way more knowledge than I have even of types of stuff. I I know what part number goes in here and there, but I don't know, you know, everything about a screw or even the qualities. Uh, all I know is that it's usually a bolt or a screw, right? Um, so I wanted you to come on because there's this whole range of, like I said, on Reddit, there's people that, that say, Hey, what, what is this thing that's dripping oil? And it's our drain plug or something like that. You know, I see this little like thingamajig here. Well, that's a, you know, that's a drain plug bolt and, uh, yeah, you need to tighten it or get a new, get a new washer for it all the way to people that like can tear down engines in their sleep and rebuild their engine after every drag race. And they might even not know what something's called or, you know, uh, have the technical term for it, but they're using it every time. They might know the engine pieces and, and the torque specs, but they might not consider like, hey, this is a, you know, a hex head bolt or, you know, what type mm-hmm. of bolt it is. So I thought, um, you and I have talked about this before. You have um, encounters in your daily life where even people that work with nuts and bolts and hardware and fasteners don't know what the hell they're talking about. So I thought it'd be interesting to have you on the show tonight. Um, not only as a motorcycle expert, but as a hardware expert. And walk I, us through the nuts and bolts of nuts and bolts. I am a fastener specialist. I've been doing this for 30 years, and that's my jobby job. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I want to start out by saying, um, yeah, the getting, uh, knowing what you need and being able to communicate to that, that to someone is important. I encounter this every day when I'm in uh, hardware stores. There's many different factors to match up a bolt or a screw. So I want to start by giving you a quiz. Okay. I'll probably, I'm, I'm look forward to failing your quiz. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I always say that there are eight points of recognition when, when matching a fastener. So I want to see how many of these you can get. Okay. So give me a scenario. I see a hole and I need to put something well, in it. There are, you know, you have you have different, you know, measurements. So what are all the things that can be different Ooh. between any two screws or, or, or bolts? Right. Okay. So first off, I'm going to say, um, the type of hardware. So the first thing I'm going to look at is, is it a screw or a bolt, which a screw to me is driven by something. So it's either a flathead or a Phillips. Okay. And so some, that would be drive. I'm going to So the them. drive. So the right. drive. How it's driven. Right. Is one because you've got different drives. You've got slotted, you've got Phillips, you've got star, you've got Allen, you've got all different types of drives. So right. you got one. Okay. The next thing I look at would be, um, well, to me, to define a screw versus a bolt, I usually look at the tip. And I know that machine screws are not always pointed, but a lot of screws, like self-tapping screws, sheet metal screws, things like that, are pointed. So a lot of times if I want to, if I look at it and it's a pointed tip, I would never, ever call something like that a bolt. I would always call that a screw. Um, and typically screws have much coarser you're, threads. You're close, but not exactly there. Um, you know, I've never seen this anywhere actually defined, but from my experience, um, anything smaller than a quarter inch is technically referred to a screw. Um, but a machine screw is still a screw, not right. a bolt. Right. And then anything quarter inch and above is referred to as a bolt oh, okay. in general. That's good to um, know. There may be different definitions um, in different manufacturers, but in my company, right. that's kind of it. But and, you you touched on one. We still, I need to get, there's seven more points of recognition. Okay. okay. You've you circled around some of okay. them, but I need you to be more okay. specific. Another one is the whole Diameter, um, diameter, which I would look at. Uh, and okay. Right there. Diameter. It can be the diameter. It could be the gauge. So some screws are measured, like American screws, bolts, quarter inch, five sixteenths, three eighths. Yeah. But then when you go smaller than quarter, if we're going back from quarter, uh, 10, an eight, a six. And these are gauges, not measurements. Right. Whereas metric is always measurement. Really? A yeah, three right. millimeter, a six millimeter, a fourteen millimeter, measuring the actual diameter. So, so is that how, I didn't know that about U.S. bolts because I've always owned metric cars and motorcycles. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Under quarter inch is a gate. Is, is like a gauge, a and gauge. above is interesting. Yeah, is an actual measurement of the the body. The right. head is irrelevant. All right. right. So we got two. We've got two? drive, and we've got gauge, gauge or diameter. Um, I know for sure pitch is important because when you're always going through that bolt or that that box of like seven thousand spare nuts yep. that you have, it never fits that one bolt because you're they're all the wrong pitch. <laughs> yeah, and so. so pitch on anything that's machine threaded, 
uh, machine, meaning it's meant to thread into a um, to another machined item. So again, uh, you can get a if we just use quarter 20, one of the most common Americans, you can also get the fine thread, which is a quarter 28, referring to how many threads per inch, 20 or 28. Um, on the other token, when you get into metric, it is a, like so you can get like an, a, well, you can get a, a yeah, a, a six would be a 1.0 pitch. An eight can be a 1.25 or 1.0. You, you can get sometimes like a 10 millimeter might come in three different pitches. Um, and so that is a different unit of measurement, but you got pitch also, even on say drywall screws, you have a coarse thread and a fine thread and it's not measured by how many, um, per inch or or it's not measured like a machine screw because it doesn't have to be accurate. It's just coarse or fine. Yeah. So, all right. What's another one? All right, another one. Now, now this is kind of getting in the weeds, and I don't know if this is even one of them, but when I, the um, industry I used to work in, it was really important what type of screw you used because there's a thing called galvanic corrosion that can happen if you put dissimilar metals together. And mm-hmm. so we would also often look at the type of screw. Is it zinc? Is it, um, you know, what, what, uh, zinc? What the hell are the, uh, these other coatings that would come on? Okay, there's all so- sorts of weird coatings. You got it, coating or finish. Mm-hmm. You might get um, zinc uh, plated or you might get brass plated. Now, that's not to say, that's different from the material, but I'm going to put finish and material in there. So you might have a brass or a stainless uh, bolt or screw, but then you can also have a brass plated, chrome plated. So it's just a plating over the base. But um, material and finish are two things that you need to identify. And on certain things, if you don't use the right one, galvanic corrosion is a big, big problem. Mm -hmm. All right. What else you got? One of the other things I can think of is like the head type. Sometimes they're countersunk. Sometimes they're flat. Sometimes they're rounded. You got that right. So the head on, you can have a hex head, you can have a socket cap, you can have a button head, a cheese head, a flat head. This is not referring to the drive, and this is one of my pet peeves when people ask for a flat head screw. I say, are you referring to the head or to the drive? Because the drive is actually flat blade. A flat head screwdriver is a flat blade not a flathead screw. When, and that's I heard, something- when I heard you say slotted earlier, I was like, oh, she's, yeah, that's the uh, that's the hardware specialist talking. <laughs> yeah, it's sl- it's slotted from a flat blade screwdriver that is often called a flathead. Yeah. But the flathead is referring to the screw. It drives me nuts. Yeah. So yeah, many different head shapes and sizes. All right, we still got some more. How many do we have left? Because man, I'm running out of... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, uh, we've got the obvious... Which is like the head, uh, oh, the length? Length. Oh, You need to know the length of something. And another common thing, um, when people have uh, metric screws and they'll go into a hardware store and say, I need this, uh, you know, an inch and a half long. It's like, well, we've got a problem. Because metric is not measured by inches. And there will be nothing on the box referring to inches. (laughs) So it's in centimeters. Yeah. So... 
And it's the best way to measure your penis too, because it makes it look a lot longer. Good point. Good point. <laughs> and um, so you need to, yeah, length for metric is going to be in centimeters. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. You need to have that proper terminology. Here's a trick. Every hardware store has little measuring things or gauges in yeah. there so you can quickly tell tell them what you want. You know, yeah. I I need a I want 30 centimeters or 30 millimeters. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 30 centimeters, that's a long screw. Yeah, yeah, that's a long screw. <laughs> 30 millimeters. Yes. Uh, I have seen right. some 30 milli- uh, centimeter screws on beamers that they go through the frame and like hold the motor. You know, they hold that front frame to the to All right, the we still got two more. Well, did, uh, is head type going to count? Whether it's nope, like a dr- driven or whether it's nope. a bolt type? No? No, nope, okay. we got that. Um, I know you and I have talked about 48 times whether the, the uh, head uh, has anything to do with I'll the, give you a clue. the size of the... I'll give you a clue. Oh, sure, Have you ever sure. replaced any bolts on your engine, motorcycle engine? Yeah. Do you upgrade? Yeah. What do you upgrade to? I usually upgrade from, um, you know, Phillips type head to like a hex head. Well, I was referring to the... Oh, the type and the... Grade. The grade of bolt, right. Grade. A lot of people upgrade to a stainless from a regular metal screw. Right. Or a zinc-plated screw. So right. grade. So you have grade in American and in metric. Um, yeah. And I grade, always do upgrade to grade eight on, on all those because I'm hard on my engines. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to have different grades when you get into um, really how it's engineered. And in American, it's usually grade two, five, and eight. Eight being hard and two just being standard run-of-the-mill. In metric... It's going to be um, like 10.9 is a hardened. 8.8 is a standard. It's it's a different, again, it's a different unit of measurement. So you and, on all metric bolts, it will actually have the grade stamped on it. Right. You have a metric bolt, it'll have usually an 8.8 or a 12.9. I didn't want to tell you, but right in front of me, off just off of camera, um, I have a whole drawer full of crazy just spare hardware that came from the shop over probably a five or six year period. And I always wondered, some of them say like 5.2 mm-hmm. or like 8.8. What are, and, and, and they have different markings on the corners of the heads and things like that. Is so that any indication? So a metric, that is the grade. And so grade, uh, here's how I explain grade. And, and, and in, in, American, they do it completely different. If it's a grade two, there's no way to distinguish it. If there's something written on the head, it's usually a manufacturer's mark that is irrelevant. If it's a grade five, then it's going to have three hash marks on it. And if it's a grade eight, it'll have five hash marks. Thank you, America, for making it complicated. I know. (laughs) So here's the difference. Um, When you need something that is hardened, because people say, I need hardened. And I'll say, which, what kind? So the way you break it down, um, if you're just building a fence or something or, you know, just bolting on um, a luggage rack to your bike or something, a a standard grade two or 8.8, it's going to work just fine. But there are times you need something hardened. So I'm going to use American as the way uh, to describe it. So you have grade five, you have grade eight. The difference is grade five will bend before it breaks. Grade eight 
will break before it bends. Now, the reason you might have these different uh, features, uh, if you have a pulley system and you're pulling a piano up over the doorway of the house and you got that one bolt holding that pulley, do you want it to start <laughs> bending before it breaks or do you want it to just break? Right. Yeah. You want you definitely want that to start bending and giving you some indication that you need to start going back down with that piano or faster up. <laughs> right. Now, on the other hand, when you have calipers, right, that take a lot of stress, you have bolts holding your calipers on. Do you want those to start to bend or do you want them to snap and shear? Well, I would almost say bend, but you know what? That's going to cause you potentially yes. more problems. So you just exactly want those if that to break. starts to bend, it's going to grab yeah. the brake and stop. Right, lock up. So you actually want it engineered to if it's if it's going to be stressed enough, then it's going to snap away. Right. So that's kind of an explanation of the difference between uh, grade five and grade eight, and why you would have it engineered like that, and. If you are using stainless, it has similar properties of a grade five. And then grade two is just a low grade, uh, mm -hmm. low grade probably steel. not very high stress level steel. Like No, not but bearing. if you're using like a three-eighths bolt, I mean, that's what you use putting playground equipment together. Right. It's, you know, it's, it's strong, it's steel. Yeah. But there are certain times it needs to be engineered specifically in cases I described where failure is an, it might fail you need to have it fail a certain way. Right. So that's why there are different grades. So if you're doing something like a trailer hitch or something and you want it hardened, really a 5 or an 8 are probably going to do the job or a 10.9. Now it goes, it actually goes even higher and a lot of people don't realize it because they're not marked. But those, uh, when you get those black socket cap screws, those are even higher. They're They're harder but they're more likely to really shatter if right. they're if they're stressed. It's a right. it's a different type of metal. But um, the, yeah, it's kind of interesting. And then I heard there's this stuff called um, God. What is it called? Adamant adamantium that just won't break ever or something like that. I think Wolverine's claws were made out of it <laughs> on the X Men. <laughs> well, and we still have one more point of rec recognition. Yeah, and I, I'll I'm, give you I, a clue. Okay. It's it's not really on bolts. Bolts are always flat because it's the threads that matter, not 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 the bottom the, of it. So right. But when you get into say sheet metal screws, yeah, the tip, right. You might have a self piercing, mm. a self right. drilling. You might have you have different tips. And by the way, thank you for opening up this can of worms. When people say that they want a they want a self-threading screw. That's what most people say when they come into a store. I want a self-threading screw. Okay. Kind of all, all screws, screws by nature are yeah, self-threading. Self -threading. <laughs> Do they mean self-tapping or well self-tapping? What does that mean to you? Uh that it'll start to bite into the metal. With that little, I know exactly the tip that you're talking about. You won't need to like make a pre-drilled um, hole or anything. You can it'll it'll start digging into the metal with that little. Well, again, technically, all tip. screws tap their way mm, in, right? right? Especially if you're doing softer materials. So I guess yeah, that's that's a dumb. So that is the most common thing people ask. Yeah, self-tapping, and they're really 
that there isn't a thing self-tapping. That's kind of the universal um, verbiage for, I don't really know what the word is. Right. So you have self-drilling, self-drilling don't, tips in sheet don't metal. Don't the boxes say self-tapping on some of them? Well, technically they're all self-tapping. I know. What a, they're I feel also, like I've so been you misled got, by the industry now. Made so to look you, like an idiot. You got self-drilling <laughs> and that has a drill tip on it. We'll drill the hole into the metal you have um you have self-piercing which is a very sharp tip that will push through a thin sheet metal and then you also have thread cutting and now we're getting back into the machine screws right and these are thread cutting screws that can also be used in place of a tap when you got something boogered up right you don't yeah, have to buy a tap you can just go buy a self-threading screw for like 39 cents and and Use yeah, that and, I, and I know when you when we get into like tapping and you know all the taps of dies and stuff, that's a whole different process where you're cutting a, a first thread into a thing. And yeah, I know that there's bolts that will help you do that. There's all sorts of fun hardware to help get stuck bolts out. I mean, it's the hardware world is pretty amazing. Um, I got another one for you. Yeah, so you just you've just opened up good. the trunk of because this is what all the things I about. see every day. Right, right. And this happened yesterday. Um, I was, uh, in one of my stores and I was, I always listen in to the, uh, the customers when they're asking, uh, the salesperson for help. And I see them kind of just going through random doors and opening drawers and trying to find what they need. And, it, and I, I'm pretty tuned in that they don't, they don't know what they're looking for. So, uh, yesterday I said, um, what, what is it you're looking for? I just want to, I want to <laughs> help them out. Uh, the customer is looking for a seven millimeter screw, but with a, like a Phillips on the top and like, you know, like a round head screw, but in a seven millimeter, I say, okay. So now here's the question I ask everybody when they ask for a seven millimeter screw, do you have it in writing somewhere that you need a seven millimeter or are you just guessing? 99.9% 99.9% of the time they're guessing because they tried a six. It didn't work. They tried an eight. It didn't work. So it <laughs> must be a seven. Yeah, Seven does exist. I have only seen it twice in, in, in the wild twice. It is so rare. It's more likely either the threads are boogered or it's a quarter 20 or quarter 28. It's an American. So there's a hot tip. If you are guessing and your guess is that you need a seven millimeter, you are probably wrong. Right. The thing is we sell seven millimeter uh, bolts at the store for all the people who ask. And it drives me nuts because it's probably not the right thing. Yeah. And now they're just going to try and screw something else in there and just mess up the threads even more. But most of the hardware store employees don't have enough um, experience or knowledge to know that that's a red herring and that you need to figure out exactly what they need. But I did see somebody actually brought in, they had instructions from something they were assembling and it actually said seven millimeter. I'm like, that's the this first is time I've one, ever seen it. Right. This is that rare occasion that you need an actual seven. Wow. The <laughs> only other time I saw a seven millimeter, I believe it was on my 1963 Triumph Tiger Cub mirror mount. Right. Something weird where it's really good. But no, that one had Whitworth. That one had Whitworth, which we haven't even mentioned. It was, it wasn't on that one. It was, but it was, uh, it was the mirror mount on some British bike. 
Um, so yeah, we haven't mentioned Whitworth. It's a whole nother everything. It's a whole nother gauge, thread, and tool set. So avoid wow. British bikes from the 60s. You'll be yeah. <laughs> Right. Right. When they uh they sure as hell measure horsepower different back in the 60s. They measure that everything's different. There's like it doesn't even match up to the um you know, like a liter is different in three different measurements from back then too. There was an imperial liter, a British liter, and then like, you know, they, they had a weird, uh, I don't know what they were going through back then, but yeah. Um, now, and this is something you and I have talked about. When someone comes in asking for like a 10 millimeter bolt because their mm-hmm. 10 millimeter socket went onto it. Right. That's, that's, another, that's another yeah. um, thing where they say, I need a 10 millimeter. I hand them a 10 millimeter. That's way too big. Yeah, the 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 diameter or the gauge has nothing to do with the head. In fact, on a actual ten millimeter bolt, which usually takes, I think, a fourteen. Yep, I think it's usually around fourteen. Um, you might have different size sizes of heads available. Right. So this the yeah, the tool that it takes to drive it in has nothing to do with the bolt or screw size. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, what's so frustrating. Cause sometimes I'll be putting, um, a, you know, well, let's be, let's face it. I'll be putting Spamela together. That's the only bike I'll use <laughs> yeah. random hardware on. And I'll have like on the one side, uh, it, it's a, like a, a eight millimeter or six millimeter hole. And on one side it fits like a 10 mil head. And the other side is like an 11 mil head. <laughs> and I know, Oh, and I can't find another 10 mil head. So I'm like, well, I guess I need to carry two wrenches now rather yeah. than just one. <laughs> well, or so. even if you look at like on my KTMs. Um, so here, I'll ask you, I'll give you a softball of a question. On a six millimeter bolt, what size socket do you use? That's a good question. I, I would say that's probably always a, usually a 10. There Could, you go. Yeah. Almost always a 10. However, on my KTMs, all the six millimeter bolts have a reduced head, a so flange bolt with an eight and, yeah. a, and a Torx drive. Oh, crazy. So yeah, it's, it's eights everywhere. So yeah. again, the, the tool that you drive it with has nothing to do with the screw <laughs> or bolt size. And, you know, I was going to make, uh, mention that because sometimes when you need clearances, they can do like you're saying a reduced head on it so mm-hmm. that it, you can <laughs> spin it around. I see it on, um, forks all the time for mountain bikes and stuff. That screw has to spin around in this little recessed thing and you have to be able to get a tool in there. And there's no way if they did the tool for the regular size, um, nut bolt or you know, surface of that thing that's going to fit. Um, So I have a question for you. Okay. Now let me quiz you. And actually it'll be a self-answering quiz because I don't know the answer. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, what would you say is the best drive? Like I was, I was mentioning that when I redo all the, they don't usually come on the older, on the newer bikes, but the older bikes, a lot of these screws, you would be surprised how many were Phillips head. And Mm -hmm. those are the ones for me, I don't have like a, um, you know, like you can get a, uh, what's it called? Like an impact screw mm-hmm. uh, driver where you hit it and it'll it'll put pressure on it and, and back it out uh, simultaneously. Those sometimes mm-hmm. are expensive. And so those are stripped. And the person before me that, you know, changed the oil filter or whatever, just made a cir- complete circle out of what used to be a Phillips head. And I got to get the Dremel out, cut a slot in it, use a, you know, a flathead screwdriver to get it out. 
in your opinion, what is the best uh, dri- drive um, for bolts and, and excluding a socket head? And maybe socket heads aren't the way to go. Maybe it's uh, an Allen or a Torx or something. So before I answer that question, I want to tell you a, kind of a fascinating story about Phillips, which are so common everywhere. Yeah. Um, Phillips was designed so that you can use an automated drive system that would pop out once it hit a certain uh, torque. Rating. Okay. So when it's being driven in and it pops out, that means you need to have more than that much torque to remove it, right? Which is why they get stripped out because right. it's meant to pop out. Gotcha. Also, most people have worn out screwdrivers or driver bits that you need to you need to toss out. It's kind of like sneakers, you know, you don't want to give up on them. Because they're yeah, still got some soul, but they're just like raggedy. They're funky and they're you raggedy. Throw yeah. it away. Yeah. Just throw it away. That's the number one cause for strip screws is actually the tool people are using. You got to throw them away, get new ones. And then if you're trying to remove screws on like engines, stuff like that, you want to get one of the Impacta uh, GIS screwdrivers that are meant to remove them. Right. It looks like a Phillips, but it's more special. Right. Um, Phil Phil and the guys from Cleveland Moto are always talking about those because mm-hmm. they are JIS is what Japanese industry standard or something like that or it's some sort of uh different they 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 they're, they're ba- like you said they're basically a Phillips but they're not quite the tolerance is off enough where you undo that a few times and yeah it's toast, you know. Yeah, so um Phillips is used on many things on our bikes but isn't ideal when you really need to be able to torque something down. Yeah. Um, Hex head uh, works great for sockets. They usually don't get stripped. Um, Yes, we we see that sometimes, but but you don't always have the room to get a hex head into something. A a lot of engine cases, it's recessed. Um, And we're talking about torque specs that are really important on things like engine cases because you have a steel bolt and an aluminum case. Which one is going to win in that war? (laughs) Right. Yeah, you're going to crack your crack your case cover or crack your case. Well, you're just going to strip, you're going to strip it out. Yeah. If you over tighten it, it'll just pop those threads out. So um I technically I think KTM has it right, star drive. But what's great again on the KTM is it's a hex and a star. I have two options. Gotcha. Uh, when you're looking at like decking screws, um, the homeowner version, the cheapest screws are all Phillips, but the professional carpenter, you know, contractors, it's it's star drive, it's it's Torx. So uh, really, that <clears throat> Torx is really better than Phillips, but hex is what you need. You're basically getting like four more or two more, you know teeth biting in there to get that uh, in and out so that you don't strip it. It's just probably much easier to strip a Phillips than a star or yeah. a Torx. But yeah. Allen is good too. And when I do upgrades and replace bolts on my bike, I usually go with a stainless socket cap that is Allen drive. Socket mm-hmm. cap, it's got a little bit taller head, but it is not wider. So it's going to fit into the same place that Phillips goes. Say you're putting your, your handlebar controls back on, you know, it might have a little recess for the screw to go into. Usually you can put a, a socket cap in there 
the head is not, um, it's taller than it is wide, um, but it has room for the Allen drive. And I, that's what I usually use because uh, Torx drive are just not that common in hardware stores. Right. Yeah, no, no, no. And and I think most uh, OEM applications I can think of that use those are, are certainly special areas, sometimes brakes, sometimes, you know, some sort of special fastener, maybe on like a throttle body or something. But yeah, they don't use them a whole bunch either. Yeah. On stainless OEM. socket cap, that's my jam. Bam. That's what I use when I replace stuff on my bikes. That's what your new tattoo was of that you were showing me earlier. You got the stainless socket cap. 10 mil with the uh, 14 mil head on it. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I, I'm fast. I, you know, this is pretty fascinating. And, and and as far as just understanding what you're looking at, you know, you look at your motorcycle and if it's not hidden with fairings, you know, there's bolts everywhere. I mean, there's mm-hmm. literally thousands of bolts, hundreds of bolts on a motorcycle, thousands if it's a Goldwing or a K1600. <laughs> but... I mean, yeah, and each and every one has its own little markings. There none of no same on the bike, you know, and and usually um all different sizes. Wiggins is always bragging to me how back in the day, he's always back in the day with his Honda crap. Back in the day, my I feel like my Honda toolkit could take apart my whole bike and I whipped the um, toolkit out on my bike and I can basically adjust the shocks. That's about the length. The, it's got a crummy screwdriver and I don't even think I have any even screws. Oh, you know what? The uh, signal lamp lenses have uh, Phillips mm-hmm. screws. And that's about the only screws that this thing has on it. And I'm like, what do I even need a screwdriver and crummy pliers for? You know, this thing is not going to get me, uh, won't even adjust my chain. Well, so now you've led us down another road. Oh, no. Thread locker, threadies. Yeah. What oh, do you yeah. use? What do you yeah. put on there? Yeah. Red, blue, silver. So, um, in applications where you want to be able to easily remove a screw again, um, and now I'm blanking on the proper terminal. It was the silver threadies. Um, that's like that's. A I only know red and blue. <laughs> no, no, this is not thread locker. This makes it so that it lubricates the thread, so you can easily remove it. Oh. I call it thread ease. I think that's just one brand. Um, now I'm blanking on the right term. However, in some cases, you're going to want to put. Uh, this it's silver goo on there and it yeah. make it so it doesn't lock in and you can remove it easier. Though when you want it locked in and it can't come out, it can't get loosened. You got blue and red. They both taste great. Um, though I'm partial to the blue actually. Blue is the medium. Red is the high. Um, I've gotten into trouble with red before where it wouldn't come out. So I actually had um, on my, custom chopper that I built at the back of the swing arm, you had a bolt that went in that uh, went against the axle to adjust the chain. Right. Well, that got locked in. I think I, I don't know if I use red, but it got locked in. So then I tried to drill it out, but it was a socket cap. It was already a hardened, hardened, hardened bolt, which then broke the easy out in it. Now there's no way to get out. So then we tried to weld a bolt to the top of that bolt to try and get it out. Now, you have to remember, this is a $2,000 paint job I had on this thing. And that was snapping. Oh, no, we got the, we welded a bolt onto the bolt and then put a a socket wrench in it and twisted the socket, no, the, uh, the Allen, twisted the Allen like a little pretzel. Gosh. This thing was not coming out. I ended up having to 
dismantle the bike, take the swing arm off, take it to a metal shop that had to destroy the paint, heat it up to a red glow to be able to remove everything, and then take it to get it painted. That was a $1,000 mistake. For a one bolt. And how do you get it easy out? out? <laughs> <laughs> wow. You can't. Once it, yeah. That's a whole, I mean, that's a whole nother topic is screw extraction. There's a whole yeah. nother technique there. But oftentimes people forget to use some thread lock. And here's a little tip. If you don't have any, but you got some old Elmer's wood glue, you can use that. Hmm. Good, it will good, uh, lock good it tip. in. But the only thing about Elmer's glue is that it is not um, water, uh, sol- it's water soluble. So if it's going to be something that might get wet. Yeah. but Don't trust you- it. No, but you can, I I use that sometimes when I I don't have any red or blue. Right. And I I was, I thought I might've had some of that silver paste. I I don't, I thought I had some in my drawer, Uh, but I forget if it was graphite or what it is, what's on it. But no, um, graphite's for locks. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I know what you're talking about. I've seen it and it, it makes it so that you can't, um, it's, if I remember correctly, it's corrosive, um, corrosion, uh, deterrent sort of thing, and it doesn't let the bolt rust in there or whatever, or the, mm-hmm. the fastener rust in there. Yeah, no, and um, yeah. When do you when do you want to? Well, obviously, if you have a repair manual and you're looking at this, uh, you know the specifications and the guide and everything, it'll tell you use thread locker. But if you don't have thread locker, um, what sort of stuff would you give somebody like? A tip, like, hey, you probably should put thread locker in that. Uh, you don't. You definitely don't want that coming out. Well, if you don't have thread locker, that's what the split washers are for. So in the American world, you have split washers. Are you familiar with those? They're also called lock washers. Mm -hmm. And they actually provide tension on the head of the bolt when you tighten it. So it's just like spring-loaded. And just that tension on the threads is enough to lock it in. And when you're talking about metric, it's a spring washer. So it's basically a spring or a wavy washer. It's not split. And it's the same thing. It just provides a little extra tension on the threads so that it doesn't just vibrate out. Right. And two does not work better than one. If you're thinking of double, no. double lock and your <laughs> one on top <laughs> no. of the other, probably doesn't work as good as it, none. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Yeah, I've seen um, those are used all over too in, in different applications mm-hmm. to create tension. Sometimes even in your fork, you'll have those to hold a certain amount of tension. Um, well, uh, even you were talking about on like turn signals or on taillights mm. where mm. it's kind of more fragile. Yeah. You don't want to be cranking something down. Right. And so you just use a, a wavy or lock washer and it provides yep. enough tension. Yep. Man, so much going into just holding your stuff together and uh and and there's probably way more that we're not even th- that we haven't even thought about so Ooh, can i share one more tip <laughs> yeah let's, and this let's is hear not it. this is not my tip this is actually emma's tip emma okay when she's doing she she's shown me bikes that she has built she'll take she'll go that extra length and make it even more special you know when i'm rebuilding a bike i'll swap out i said with the stainless um socket cap screws she'll take that those socket cap screws put them into a um oh lathe oh lathe and turn those heads down shut up take the the edge off of them and turn them wow and then polish them wow 
She's done that on bikes. And maybe if you get out your magnifying glass like Sherlock Holmes, she might have even written her name in the head somewhere, <laughs> carved it with one of those little etching tools. But that's the kind of detail. When I see people who make custom bikes, it's little details that most people don't get are the things that I go bananas over. Like, right. oh, that is amazing. When somebody goes to that level, there's so few people who will actually get it and appreciate it. Yeah. But it means everything. There was, you know, that that somebody got it. No kidding. It's been said that Emma has visited a thrift store, picked out a toaster from 1972 because it had the same uh, hardware in it that held on the uh, the turn signal cladding for her. Uh, her knowledge is, is just ridiculous. <laughs> she probably knows something stupid like that. You know, they use the same thing on these lamps that they made back then. And they, this lamps happened to import into the Bay Area in the 70s. I'm going to go to every thrift store and <laughs> get so, the hardware out of these lamps. I'll tell you my, my fun party <laughs> trick that I do sometimes to impress people. Yeah. Um, no, 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 no. Keep it clean, Liza. This is a family show. Uh, so I can now ident- <laughs> I can identify uh, diameter, length, um, and thread pitch by sight. Right. And there are times where people will just be holding it in their hand when they walk in. And I'll just say like, oh, you're looking for a, a half by four and a half, uh, you know, stainless leg bolt? Yeah, right this way. And then wait, wait, what? Or, you know, I'll just like... <laughs> Um, all right. So you got a six millimeter, uh, I assume you're putting like a TV up as a six millimeter by 33. Is it? It's like, uh, <laughs> what they, they're looking around, like, where am I getting this information? Yeah. It freaks people out sometimes. Well, it's probably like you followed them there with the TV crew or something. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the sort of vibe that, that gives off when you're that accurate about what someone's looking for. That's awesome I, though. Just, I used to have a boss when I worked in a motorcycle shop and he would just hold up a bolt and go, what is it? That's a five sixteenths by 24 by one and three quarter. Oh, he would just like yeah. do it over and over because he just like couldn't believe it was kind of like counting toothpicks, you know? Right, right. And I know you're not a musician. Well, I don't think you are, but you I've do had my have. Days. Okay, because you do have perfect pitch when it comes to threads. Hey, <laughs> hey. so nice. I Insert wish I had- laugh track there. I know. Hey, thank you. Uh, That's a good cue for when I'm in post. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I wish I had some skills that people found useful, but mostly people just think I'm a jerk and, uh, you know, I'll roll with that. I'll accept that. That's a step up from some of the things I've been called. Dude, you can read a schematic like nobody's business. There you go. There you go. And I often have to tell people how stuff goes together um, just... from me looking at it and them supposed and you know supposedly knowing how it goes together. Ooh, yeah. Can I ask you a question now? Yeah, go for it. Your territory. So I used to use regularly bike bandit to go to schematics mm. and uh for for bikes to see how you know stuff go together. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm hearing that bike bandits kind of going away. Or something. I'm not sure. It seems iffy. I know there's people who are placing orders and not getting stuff. Right. Where does somebody go to look at schematics for their bikes? That is a good question. So for me, I kind of, I kind of cheat at my work because I we have deals with you know the actual OEMs. So Honda and uh, Suzuki and all those fun people. 
they give us direct access to their um, parts library. But there are times when I'm researching something and personally for my own personal use away from work and then, you know, I'm not uh, uh, have access to all that data. Um, I've learned over the years and, and, and especially when you work with OEMs, they have interior outages once in a while and you'll learn that, Hey, I can't always depend on them either. So here's a great, um, bike bandit was one that I used to go to, uh, all the time. Also, um, you know, way back in the day, mm-hmm. um, even when I was working on semis, don't ask me why I was looking at bike bandit, but I, uh, found that, um, partzilla is one partzilla okay. has a pretty good, um, bunch of parts. If you're looking for now, now this has changed over the last couple of years. And this is a really weird thing to say, but COVID has changed a lot of the, um, a lot of the way things are delivered now. And even some of the trade regulations that have happened over the last four years have, affected in a very odd way how you're allowed to share data across mm-hmm. countries <laughs> and things like that. So um, everything's not up to the minute like it used to be. But um, And some of them you have to know the model name. If you if I said like a Africa Twin and you're looking it up, you're not going to find it. But if you look up a CRF 1100AD for your DCT, you'll find it, right? Um, so some of them are, are a little different, but but Partzilla is one. There's this great one that has um, a variety of um, of parts on it called uh, MR Cycles, which is another one that I used to use a lot for personal use. Um, and then there's this one called shoot, what are they called? Oh, Alpha Sports, because um, mm-hmm. not a whole lot of people do Suzuki. So Alpha Sports has weird Suzuki and Can Am and stuff like that. And Alpha Sports is one that I haven't followed in the last couple of years um, since we get our stuff straight from Suzuki. That I'm not 100% sure if they're up to date, but they they used to be when Suzuki released something, it's like they had a third party agreement and they would get it right away. So they're up to date. You could look up your 2022 Suzuki stuff and see all the bold new graphics that were coming out. Um, I'll, and I'll, I'll tell you what used to be a great resource on Bike Bandit. And I don't know if anyone does it anymore, but if you were looking for a part on an older bike, let's say you're looking for, uh, I don't know, a, a turn signal lens on a CB750. I'll just throw something out, right? Or a carburetor yeah. or something. And you're looking for a CB750 lens and there's none to have. We used to be able to go onto Bike Bandit and you get that part number and then you put that part number into the search field and it'd show you all the different bikes that part was used on. Now you're like yeah. Honda, pa- you go on eBay, like Honda Passport uh, lens cover. And now you've got a whole bunch of them for a buck 30. Yep. And it's like, that was such a great resource to find out the common parts between different bikes. Cause somebody is tearing down a GS 550. They're going to list it as a GS 550 carb. Right. And then you find out that, Oh, they used it on an intruder and you can find a bunch of intruder ones. Yeah. So no, is anybody doing that? And if not, will you well, do it? Will you create that? <laughs> You know what? I could. I probably could. I'd probably get immediately fired and sued by my company. <laughs> Actually, we don't manage that data. It's third. It, we we get it from an outside party. So maybe they wouldn't fire me, but they they'd probably have something up. You know, upset to say about that. But absolutely, and that's the benefit of having this direct from factory mm-hmm. info. Is not a lot of people do that. Not a lot of not a lot of um, third party or licensed data will actually show you a breakdown like that because they're just doing the same thing like you said. They're, they 
get the catalog name. They just slap it in there, right? What it says. They don't have that search feature in there that the OE um, product does. It will tell you how far back it goes. Hell, I could look up stuff for Honda back to 60. I can't look into the f- late 50s, but I could look back to like 63. Same with Yamaha mm-hmm. and Suzuki. Like they l- let us look all the way back. BMW is the same way. It's it's really cool being able to look back and see what used to be, <laughs> you know, out there. Yeah, um, they, they took that feature away years ago, probably because people like me were using it to shop on Yeah. Email. There you go. And that's right. And that's right. But what a great resource. What a great resource. And matrixes are the way to go. Uh, Wiggins and I always talk about all balls racing Mm -hmm. because they have this matrix where you go in and you put in your, you know, your, uh, the steering bike? stem diameter or your bike and, and it'll give you end. all these bikes that fit. Yeah, I can get a CB, you know, 400 front end for my bike. Who knew? Or or a freaking, you know, YZ250 front end will fit it and the steering stem not need to be adjusted at all, you know, or cut or I, welded longer. I did that on my 1979 Yamaha XS750 and right. I put a Yamaha R1 front end on it and I thought I was going to have to remove the stem and do all that. And I went on all balls and you can type in the two different bikes and it just said, bing, mm-hmm. you just need these bearings and races. I was like, what? Yeah. It was a bolt on. Now the height is what you may have to pop the stem out if the height is incorrect, but the height was mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So yes, great resource. Yeah. And my company is a great company. I, I never talk about them on the show, um, but I love the work I do. And that company actually has, like every company that's been around for a while, has metamorphosized way far away from their origins. But that's how they started. The original founder did exactly that, got a matrix of parts together back uh, right after uh, World War II when there was none. I mean, we didn't even have a highway system yet, really. You know, we we the highway system kind of developed because of uh, the war. And um, that way back then is when it all started, this huge parts matrix. So when you're looking for matrixes, they're close. sometimes they're closely guarded. Um, and depending on if the company, I bet you all balls put theirs together themselves, just themselves yeah. having to know, what the hell is this one? We're going to make a bearing. We need to know what it fits. And I bet they just put that out there. But yeah, matrixes are going to get harder and harder to find as well as detailed pictures and actual useful knowledge on websites about bikes. They're, they're selling the, uh, the experience now. You don't need to know all the, all the specs and have like a photograph of where the stinking seat lock is anymore. Like they used to on the old days. They don't, who cares about that? They're going to show you, show people out in the desert, you know, having fun. So yeah, things are, things are definitely changing and, and getting locked behind paywalls. But yeah, um, those couple websites, there, there's a bunch more. Um, I just can't think of off the top of my head. I have them all bookmarked, so I don't have to remember all that crap. But there's there's a few public ones. And if you just tar- type in online fiche and then type in what brand you're looking for, typically there's going to be um, a couple that are specific. Like Real OEM used to be BMW's really nice uh, online fiche. And nobody is going to carry BMW, but BMW. So that was like an, you know, you, you kind of had to know, um, that one, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a, some out there that are still pretty useful, but you have to know sometimes your model number instead of the market name. And some aren't, like you said, the, the, the matrix features going away on, on a lot of them. I have one more hot tip for your listeners. Let's hear it. I'm I ready for I've it. never even shared this with my listeners. Good. But that's because you're the one who, you hit me up. You're like fasteners. Let's do it. I'm yeah. like, 
Yeah, let's do it, man. Fasteners, they need to be talked about, you know? And this one is going to be specifically for our Harley friends. Let's hear it. Um, When you need to replace bolts, so a lot of people go to their Harley dealership and get the the chrome-plated bolts. They can be quite expensive. Here's a top tip. If you have an Ace Hardware that has my fasteners, the Hillman Group, and if they have the chrome... Uh, fasteners, we get them from the same factory, but they're about twice as much through Harley. Right. Because they have a factory. Because they have a very small man in Milwaukee take a Harley Davidson stamp and tap Mm -hmm. 13 Mm -hmm. times on the head of each one to get Harley Davidson bar Mm -hmm. and shield emblazoned in there. It's probably why Mm -hmm. they're more expensive. (laughs) Same factory, same Wow. Wow. There's your top tip. Nice. Top tip from Miss Liza Miller, the uh, Evil Knievel ambassador. And uh, yeah, all time fastener. I, I don't think I've ever heard a motorcycle show on fasteners. So I feel truly blessed to be in, uh, in motorcycle royalty and to be talking about something actually useful for once in my pathetic life. Thanks, Liza, for hanging out. It's been an hour. You've, you've wasted an hour, but so have the listeners. They've wasted a perfectly good hour. <laughs> I could just talk about fasteners all day. Listen, we'll do fasteners part two. In a, <laughs> well, I'm sure there's like, after this, there's going to be like 18 more things that you think about that, that, uh, that uh, pops your head just about, you know, some, some specific type of screw. Um, before you leave us, you got to tell us uh, anything coming up for the uh, Misfits in uh, July. I guess we're halfway through June, so the end of June oh, or July. July. Yeah, well, we've got um, so much. We've got three, three weekends in a row. This is going to be banging. We've got the Arma races at Laguna Seca. Mm-hmm. We've got then the next weekend, uh, the Moto America races at Laguna Seca. And then the next weekend is AMA Vintage Days in Ohio. Right. Pickerington, Ohio. You can watch. Um, Actually, I know the boys. The, the museum is in Pickerington. The racetrack is in Lexington. Oh, shoot. It's, this is at the Mid-Ohio Racetrack. Gotcha. And I'm, I know the Nokomoto boys are going to be there and naked again. And they told me I'm, I'm under a non-disclosure agreement that I can't tell what they're bringing this year. But yeah, it's going to be a shit show for sure this year. So that'll oh, be fun. I'm bringing foreigners. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm winning. I'm I'm bringing in Moin Khan from Pakistan. Yeah, I was going to bring the band this. foreigner, but uh, they <laughs> told me... Pakistan. So maybe I'll just show it by myself. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. And I think I... Pretty sure I'm going to be out of state that weekend, um, so I I probably won't be there. I will. Uh, one of these years I'll have to you make it though. We'll have to do. That. I keep threatening, and one of these years it's actually going to happen. So uh, Here's yeah, the thing. we'll it's see. Probably for the best. I don't think you could handle that much fun. I probably I couldn't. You know these old bones. I'm I'm nearly 150 years old this year, and uh, yeah, I you know there's there's a lot I've seen, but Mid Ohio's the only reason I'm still alive is because I've never been there. <laughs> so, <laughs> something to live for. <laughs> something to live for. It's like my uh, Make a Wish Foundation list. Maybe I'll go there <laughs> on my deathbed. But um, yeah, Liza, thank you for hanging out and wasting uh, an hour with me. And as usual. Talking about fasteners has become the highlight of my week. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks for everything. Yeah. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Check her out at Motorcycles and Misfits uh, podcast, the Recycle Motorcycle Garage up in Santa Cruz. And she has 18 new emails and a fabulous website. You should check out uh, <laughs> motorcyclesandmisfits.com. 
powered by GoDaddy, baby. And uh, yeah, thanks, Liza, for stopping by. Yeah, thanks. All right, bye. Well, 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 you've wasted another perfectly good hour and 15 or so minutes listening to the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast brought to you by Clobman's Pickles, Crider's Leathers, Braun Towers Performance, Field Initiative Knives, and once in a while, maybe we'll get these fools on, but EFXLA. With that in mind, everybody, oh my god, my headphones are going out. Ah, uh, the bass are attacking me. Yeah, this is turning into a not fun session here. And it's really late at night and everyone in my neighborhood is going to start throwing empty cans at me. <sighs> Full of rocks. Ah, jeez. Anyways, um, get out there and ride, everybody. Uh, hit us up. Uh, actually, follow us on Instagram and uh, Facebook, you know, they both post to the same place pretty much. Uh, not as active on anything recently. It's been crazy around here. So trying to get back into that, trying to keep up our blog. Uh, if you've got any uh, social slam stuff, remember, send it to us. Please, creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com or slam at creative-writing.com. Maybe I just need to make a better one called slam at slam.slam. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. It's a lot, lot less typing for everyone. Uh, but anyways, send us your uh, ride stories, crash stories, music, artwork, uh, prose, poetry, whatever you want to do that's motorcycle-related. Social slam is a listener submitted show like i said if you're not going to do it tell a friend hey you could win some glorious prizes and uh if nobody if junkie just has to give away free stuff this year this might be the last year of social slam just like spooky spokes went away we'll see hopefully not anyways take it easy uh get out there and ride and tell a friend about it and i don't know you do you boo you do you all right have a good week everybody and we'll talk to you later smell an alligator outside and twist a throttle, punk. <laughs>